Hello listeners, it's your fellow Distractaholic Tyler. Morgan let me take a break from editing this week, and we decided to release a pilot episode that we had recorded for Superbad. This episode's going to sound just a little bit different since it's before we had our audio workflow figured out, but we are back to our regular format next week with The Babadook, so watch that for next week. Oh, and hey, stay tuned. Coming up here in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing a wine tasting episode where we try a bunch of different kinds of wine that uh, I've never had before, so should be pretty interesting. Here we go. Next up, we have Super Bad. High school seniors Seth and Evan have high hopes for a graduation party. The codependent teens plan to score booze and babes so they can become part of the in crowd, but things don't go exactly as planned. This came out in August of 2007. That puts me at a freshman in high school. Morgan, that puts you where? A junior in high school. This made me feel old. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So here are our characters. We've got Seth, played by Jonah Hill, and I believe this is Jonah Hill's breakout role. Uh, okay. Jonah was 23 when this was filmed. Evan I never played... would have guessed that. I know. He actually looks really young. He always looks so young. Evan? Played by Michael Sarah, Tyler's favorite actor. And he was 19, so he was right in line with, yeah, with where yeah, you would have expected. Definitely. We've got Fogel, played by Christopher Mintz Plass. Plasse, maybe? I don't know. I, he does a great job in this role, but I actually really love him in Role Models. Augie's my favorite character in that movie. We have Jules, played by one of my favorite actresses. Emma I mean, Stout. I feel... She's everyone's favorite actress, I feel like. Oh, she's man. just, she's wholesome. She's great at what she does. She's, she's, she's got super the super believable. She's got the big Bambi doe eyes that are also sultry and sexy and empowering as well. And she's, she was, she's 18 when they did this as well. So I think this yeah. is her breakout role as well. I'm trying to think if I can think of an, of her in anything earlier than this. I, I can't. Nothing, I, nothing for some comes reason, to mind. E Easy A, I think, is shortly after this. Yes. Yes, I yeah. believe so. And she was phenomenal in that as well. Yes. She's a very amazing actress. We have uh, Becca played by Martha McIsaac. And I believe I read she was 18 when they filmed this as well. Um, and then we have our two police officers, uh, Slater and Michaels, which are played by Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. And just for future reference... And I think Bill Hader is much funnier than Seth Rogen. Oh, 100%. And I feel like he can play different roles extremely well. For example, he is in It, the remake of It. And I feel like he does a really good job in that role. He can play serious roles as well as comedy roles. And I feel like Seth Rogen constantly plays an idiot in every single role that he's in but that's just my two cents i have this uh movie on a, a physical media uh morgan where'd you watch this i watched this on netflix um i believe it is also available on hulu currently and this is being recorded on january 30th of 2021 so we know that netflix is subject to change what they are streaming overall i think i have an unpopular 
opinion, I, I, they don't think I, many will agree with me, but I would probably give this a six out of 10 overall. It's a good teen comedy with a lot of childish humor and some real problems that take away from the movie for me. That I, And I just don't think it holds up well in 2021. Yeah, you did better than I did. I gave it a five out of 10. I remember the first time watching this, like I thought it was funny. Like the end part when they're in the sleeping bags together, like I just thought that was adorable. It was so heartfelt, all of that. But I feel like everything else that happens in the movie is so cringy that it completely negates any of the positives. <laughs> Definitely me as being late 20s, almost 30, did not hold up well for me at all, as opposed to 16-year-old, 17-year-old me watching it. Let's jump into some fun facts about this movie. 186. I don't know what you're getting at with that. You said it in the notes and I looked at it and I'm like, okay. 186. 186 watts. What? What is 186? The number of times the word f is said in this film. Okay. Hold hold that thought because I have a fun fact for you. Um, Jonah Hill actually holds the record for the amount of times is said in any actor's career. Suck it, Samuel L. Jackson, because I totally thought it was going to be him. Between but, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street and this, he might always yes. hold it. Yes, and that's, um, I actually got that information from the history of curse words on Netflix, where uh, Nicolas Cage goes through, and he's the host kind of going through the curse words and their meanings and everything. And we find out that Jonah Hill holds this record of saying fuck the most times in his acting career, which I'm I'm so disappointed. I thought it was going to be Samuel L. Jackson. And when they said this, I think he was like fifth or something. I was really shocked. Yeah, it's all right. This one movie pumps it way up. I think it, <laughs> someone said it worked out to 1.6 times per minute or something like that. It's it's insane. I I support that. I think I think f should be in every vocabulary because it can be used as a descriptive word. It can be used as an action. It can be used as a pronoun, Mr. F I don't know. It can just be used as so many different things. I think it should be acceptable to use the word f in everyday activity. So another fun fact, and maybe explains the entire movie. The first draft of this movie was written when Seth Rogen was just 13 years old. They didn't finish it until they were 18. But that explains a lot of the childish humor that's in this film. Yeah, I definitely think it explains the immaturity of multiple scenes that we'll get into later on. But yeah, it, I could definitely see how a 13-year-old mind would think of things as opposed to someone who's more mature, has more life experience, that type of thing. So if he started writing this when he was 13, good on him. But I really don't think as an actor or a writer, producer, director, whatever he does, Seth Rogen really hasn't evolved as a person since he was 13 years old. Also, another interesting thing, and I didn't realize this, I, I saw it in trivia. Danny McBride is actually in the background of the period blood scene. And this is before that he had really had his big breakouts. Now, when you watch it, you'll see it back there. But I did not yeah. notice it. I had seen that in the trivia before I watched it. And then I noticed. Last fun fact here. So because the actor that plays Fogel was underage at the time, he was just 17, which is the reason I went through their ages. The sex scene that they film 
was one of the most scrutinized scenes in the entire movie, which is funny for this movie. Um, there could there could be no there could be no grinding or gyrating. What a tricky mm. scene to film. Well, not only that, and I feel like that is so hypocritical with the entire film basis, right? Um, because I mean, the whole premise of the film is that they're seven, 17, maybe 18. I mean, as a high school senior, I was 17. So it's interesting how they're actually approaching the concept of underage sex versus how in real life they were approaching it as well. That's very interesting that it was a tricky scene for them to film. So let's get into the things we liked about this film. Right off the bat, Seth goes into this discussion about um, which porn site he should subscribe to when he goes off to college. And he starts to go into all these thoughts about what certain sites have and the variety and all that. And then Evan gets in the car and says, well, you've got to pick one with an indescript name that when it shows up on the bill, they won't know. And I loved the amount of thought that went into picking a porn site for college. It just, (laughs) I don't know. It was funny to me. Uh, well, and I I'm, I think we should give props to porn sites for the amount of creativity that goes into their different names um, to be cohesive with the topics that they are exploiting or exploring. I mean, my hat is off to them for the amount of creativity that goes into porn because my little naive mind does not work that way. And my first thought on this rewatch was, who the f*** pays for porn? Who does that? Then he goes into, he's describing Jules and her ex-boyfriends, which is Emma Stone's character. And he makes one of my favorite comments, and I have to start quoting it more and more. Uh, describes at her one of her boyfriends as the sweetest guys ever, and then says, and I quote, Have you ever stared into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles and I laughed hysterically. That quote is probably one of my favorites in the entire movie, just because not only it, it just, it's such a profound and heartfelt quote, but he makes it and is completely unapologetic to it. Like he doesn't care how, how unmanly it makes him sound. He sincerely means it, that he looked into that man, that man's eyes and he heard the Beatles sing and it was beautiful. I love the scene in the liquor store. Seth has to go in and try to buy alcohol. They don't believe the fake ID is going to work because it says McLovin. It has one name on it. So Seth's browsing through the liquor store looking at everything and all these scenarios are running through his head of what could happen when he goes to try to check out with this booze. And I loved it because that's exactly how my brain works. I'm always like, all right, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it's so exhausting. And I just, I related so much to his character there. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie as well. Um, That part and also the part when Jonah Hill smacks into Emma Stone's head um, during the party that they finally make it to just because Emma Stone delivers her line after that so incredibly perfect that you think he actually literally smacked her in the head. It's she does an amazing job at that point. And but yeah, him running 
running through the different scenarios i i honestly did think that was funny from the old lady being hit in the head to the old lady at the end saying have a good time fucking jewels like that was just that was genuinely funny to me even though i found a lot of the other humor in the movie not as enticing that that did make me laugh a lot Morgan, there's a MySpace reference in here, and that's oh. that's a reference that the kids are not going to get. No, and it's actually funny that we watched this because I want to say it was probably a month ago, a group of us on Discord were talking about our, our previous MySpace pages that we would have had growing up. We're all about the same age, our late 20s, early 30s, and we were all trying to get access to our old MySpace accounts. And so it's interesting that this topic came up in this movie just because I had tried to access my old MySpace account and for the life of me I can't remember what my username or password would would be but when I did uh, search for my name I was able to find like my old profile pic in the actual profile I just can't click on it to access it so that was kind of a, a nice blast from the past that like you said kids aren't going to be able to experience today did you Boy, have I'm a MySpace page I, I absolutely had a MySpace page and I'm I'm now going to try to log into it I actually wasn't even interested until you just said that so after they finally get to the party which takes forever it right. seems like I feel like it's so drug out how long it takes them to get to this fucking party so all these things go wrong and they meet all these people blah 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 it feels it feels too unrealistic but after we finally get there evan starts to talk to becca and becca is just trashed she's very drunk and she is making some very aggressive advances towards evan and the advice he gets from one of becca's friends is well you should get drunk too because he doesn't want to take advantage of her so he tries he i believe he goes and hides in the bathroom and tries to <laughs> chug this alcohol um but when he finally goes back out to see becca and they go up to the bedroom eventually i mean he does in a very awkward way it's very funny but he stops all of becca's advances because he has genuine feelings for her and i really admire that he didn't want to be her drunken mistake because again he had those feelings and i I really admired that about evan's character yeah i It was so cringy for me when the friend was like well it doesn't count if you're drunk too when he asks her, well, isn't it, wouldn't I be taking advantage of her because she's so drunk? And she says, oh, it doesn't count if you're drunk too. I feel like that's something that's so pressured upon people that, well, if you're both drunk, it doesn't matter. If you have the opportunity to not be drunk in that situation and actually take care of the person instead, I feel like that says much more about your character than pushing yourself to get drunk so it's an equal playing field. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, I, I agree with you, though. Like, the way he genuinely tries to reject her advances because she is so incapacitated, um... And I feel like that is extremely admirable of a character that we don't exactly see that often in culture. I actually really like McLovin's story arc. Actually, he's probably my second favorite character behind Evan because Evan does really an awesome right thing. He has McLovin, this character has no real self-confidence, hasn't really defined himself. And then after this experience in the liquor store and spending these time with these cops and he's gained this self-confidence to go to this party and woo the affections of this female 
And I think that's nice to see that that kind of story arc of he he's going from this person with no self-confidence to someone who definitely has it and hopefully can continue it later on in their life. Yeah, I actually, McLovin is probably one of my second uh, favorite characters as well. I'm really impartial to Jules. I don't know if it's because I relate to her. And I guess I respect the fact that she chose not to drink, that she doesn't drink, but she's still considered someone who's cool. Um, I would probably say she's probably my favorite character, but maybe also it's just because I like Emma Stone as well. But I did, uh, McLovin is probably my favorite second to her because he does such a good job. Christopher Mintz Plasse, uh, the actor, does such a good job enveloping that character in that kind of sense of awkwardness and what it is to be weird in high school and trying to fit in. And then you have people accepting you. And even though they know you're not what you seem to be, you still overcome the odds and, like you said, kind of self-actualize themselves. But yeah, I did like his character as well. So as you mentioned earlier, I really like that moment of vulnerability in the basement after all this whole night's gone down. They're both, Seth and Evan are very intoxicated. And I don't know why it takes men, as I put air quotes around men, to be drunk to tell people how they really feel about each other and express love and affection. But I love that moment of vulnerability where they tell each other how much they love each other and how much they care about each other. And I think throughout the movie, you see a lot of that toxic male masculinity like you were talking about. I'm glad that we see kind of the reversal of that, that they could be open and honest with each other. I just didn't like, I didn't like that they had to be drunk to do it, but I did like to see it. I agree with that as well. And I, I do appreciate like you, I know you are not afraid to tell people that you love them. My husband included. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I've, I was always raised with that. Like my dad is the type of person like he will, if he loves someone, he will tell someone that. And that's what I've always grown up with as being what masculinity would be. It's so pressured in our culture that men don't tell each other that they love each other. And I don't, I don't understand that because girls are constantly telling each other that they love each other. I mean, every time I get off the phone, with one of my best friends it's always I love you I'll talk to you later like it's just something that's so embedded in something that you do and I don't feel it's the same way with men and I think that it should be because you should feel comfortable with saying something if you mean it yeah absolutely you shouldn't have to be completely wasted to do it but again they're in high school so maybe that's what it takes for them to realize their feelings that that is fair they're still young all right let's move on to the things we didn't like about this movie because the list is ever so short. <laughs> I want to start with Michael Sarah, And I know I, I, I know this is unpopular. I don't like Michael Sarah. He plays the same weirdo in every movie. It just gets really old to see. It, it's like when I watch The Big Bang Theory and you see how these people, these quote nerds act. I can't do it. But... Uh... See, I would counter that at least he's playing a lovable weirdo that people, I mean, in all the movies that he plays in, I mean, when you think of Michael Sarah, you think of Superbad, you think of Juno, yeah, Nick and Nora. I mean, he always plays someone who's extremely lovable as opposed to <clears throat> Seth Rogen, who always plays that 
Cool. I have a real problem with the period blood scene in this we film. Go in there, aren't we? I don't get why Seth reacts so disgusted because at the beginning of the movie, we literally see Michael Sarah's character vomiting into Seth's mouth. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have somebody's blood on me than somebody's vomit. Oh, I mean, and it's really only on his pants. It's not like in his mouth. I don't understand why this is funny or why at a party where they're potentially at a party with adults. And so I guess I don't understand from that point why it would be made such a big deal of the fact that it was period blood. And also, I don't understand the physics of the scene. So I think we've done that scene to death. I think we're in agreement that that scene probably didn't need to be in the movie at all. (laughs) I think so, too. But maybe we're just old. Overall. I don't understand. They put so much effort into this booze and getting the booze and getting to the party. I just, by the end of the movie, I thought, you know, if if Seth in particular had just put half as much effort into trying to, maybe not even impress, just talk to Jules. I mean, she's pretty cool. And we've seen that uh, even before they go to the party. Mm-hmm. He would have been way further ahead. Another one of those things that made no sense to me that made makes this unbelievable this movie completely unbelievable well and again maybe it's just our perspectives as being older more mature as opposed to being high school i don't i don't feel like it was necessary to get the alcohol like you said if they could have just made friends with these girls shown the type of people that they actually were and how caring they actually were and even if seth would have even just told jules hey i want to you before I go to college, maybe he would have had a better outcome. But see, that's the problem. So I'm going to jump ahead in my notes a little bit. By the end of the movie, he gets the girl. At least that's what we're led to believe. He did not deserve that. In no way with how his character acted throughout the entire movie, he did not deserve to come away with the girl. Evan did because Evan was actually a good person. And you can see how worked up I'm getting. Correct. I really hope that that's genuinely not how the majority of teenage high school boys portray the necessity to get to women. I mean, I don't feel like, at least in my my experience, that has never been something that's necessary. The lack of self-confidence is appalling. I mean, if you want to be with someone, you need to be your genuine self and them being drunk isn't going to make you feel any better about yourself if that's the only way they will have sex with you. As a viewer of this, I'm afraid that we didn't learn a lesson because they got the girls. We didn't learn that, yeah. well, Evan was just himself and he got the girl. So that's that's what I think the message should have been. And, and I guess Seth was towards the end when he was actually being honest, but I just, I just don't, I don't think that the message came across. And as young kids watch this stuff today, I would hate to think that they're getting the wrong idea. Right. Bad behavior shouldn't be rewarded aspect of that. And I do agree. I hate just overall how women are portrayed in this entire movie. If you take away all the problematic stuff we just talked about, I still don't really think this is that good of a teen comedy of that coming of age type story. Because to me, there's really no lessons learned in the movie. Um, And I guess there is for McLovin and maybe for Evan, but Seth just doesn't, he got the girl in the end. What lesson did he learn? He's going to act the same way because it worked for him. 
Well, and like the end scene, they both go their separate ways with the girls. Like, so does their friendship just like what happens to their friendship after that? I mean, I feel like the whole thing was for them not to be codependent and accept that each person was going off to their other school or whatever. But even if you go off to other schools, like why does that mean that you no longer have to be friends? I don't yeah. I don't understand. Like they have their one moment of drunken clarity where they tell each other they love each other and then they're just, oh well we got these girls now so we don't need each other type thing. I don't I yeah I don't understand the resolution of the movie at all. Overall, would you recommend to a 16-year-old kid today to watch this movie? No, (laughs) I wouldn't. I mean, I feel like they would probably like it, but I would also be very upset with the fact that they did like this movie because it's it's not a good example of what teenage life should be. I, I agree with you. I also wouldn't. I think it I think there's so many problems with it that I just wouldn't want somebody to get stuck in their mind that this is how it needs to be. I also wouldn't recommend it to somebody that was younger. Now, somebody that was maybe older, you know, 30 years old, I'd say, yeah, you know, it's it's you'll probably get some funny laughs out of it, but it's really still not a good movie. I think we've beat this movie to death. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I I feel like the actors did a really good job at playing the roles that they were set in and they mesh really well together. Like it was believable that Jonah Hill's character and Michael Sarah's character were friends. And then they made Vogel's character feel really awkward, but they kind of liked him at the same time. Like I feel like they did a really good job portraying the roles that they were given, but their characters kind of sucked so i don't think i have any parting thoughts on this one so this has been our show 